0: Chapter Three of Wilderness A Journal of Quiet Adventure in Alaska by Rockwell Kent. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Three Chores Tuesday, October First. Today it rained. We attended first to our fascinating chores, plying the cross cut saw as the drizzle fell. Then we went to work as artists, Rockwell with his watercolors and I with my oils. Rockwell has a number of good drawings of the country here and of the things that have thrilled him. Pop! The cork of my jug of new-made yeast has just struck the ceiling. That brew has been a part of this day's work. Hops, potatoes, flour, sugar, raisins and yeast, stewed and strained and bottled. Today, also, was completed and served the first Fox Island Corn Soufflé. Take two cups of samp, whole hominy, and stew for an indefinite time in salted water. It should cook at least three or four hours. It should boil almost dry. Make of the remainder of the water and some milk two cups of cream sauce, dissolving in it some cheese mix with the corn and pour into a baking dish spread cheese over the top and put into oven to brown we offer this delicious discovery to the world on the condition only that fox island corn souffle shall be printed on the menu wherever it is used i made to-day a grandfather's chair for myself it is as comfortable as it is beautiful every day i read in the history of irish literature the deidre saga i read today it must be one of the most beautiful and the most perfect stories in all the world so little do we feel ourselves related here in this place to any one time or to any civilization that at a thought we and our world become whom and what we please rockwell has been a cave dweller hunting the primeval forest with a stone hatchet and a bow of alder strung with a root to me it is the heroic age in ireland wednesday october second incessant hard rain the two artists at their work a good part of the day rockwell making several new drawings in his book of wonderful animals we bathed and i washed the accumulated clothes of several weeks and to-night olson came for a long call he's a good story-teller and his experiences are without end AND SO CLOSES THIS DAY, WITH THE RAIN STILL POURING MONOTONOUSLY ON THE ROOF. THURSDAY, OCTOBER third, TODAY WAS FAIR AT SUNRISE, CLOUDY AT NINE O'CLOCK, AND SHOWERY ALL THE REST. WE WORKED AGAIN WITH THE BELOVED CROSS-CUT SAW, SETTING OURSELVES AN ALMOST UNATTAINABLE TASK, AND THEN SURPASSING IT. AND I CLEARED THE THICKET FOR A BETTER VIEW OF THE MOUNTAIN TO THE SOUTH And in the afternoon, felled another large tree. Stretched canvas for a while and painted and drew, and felt the goddess inspiration returning to me. Olson, Rockwell, and I, with levers and blocks, turned and emptied the three boats that the recent rain had almost filled. Already we fear the frost. The mountains have been capped with snow, all green has gone from their sides, the dark season is near at hand. ROCKWELL IS EVER SWEET, INDUSTRIOUS, AND HAPPY. HE IS BEAUTIFUL AFTER HIS BATH. FRIDAY, OCTOBER 4TH A GLORIOUSLY LOVELY DAY—A CLOUDLESS SKY, AND THE WIND IN THE NORTH. THAT PUTS LIFE INTO MEN. UP AT SUNRISE WE TWO. BEFORE BREAKFAST THE AXE WAS GOING, AND AFTERWARDS WE BROUGHT DOWN TWO MIGHTY TREES. The trees of this part of Alaska are not to be compared with the giants of the western states. Two feet is a large diameter. Then I painted for a while futilely the green and wind blown sea, the pink mountains, snowy peaks, and golden morning sky. Rockwell and I couldn't restrain our spirits and had to clamber up the steep mountainside. Up, up we went straight above our clearings. And soon in looking back the bay the lake and our neck of land lay like a map below us cliffs and the steep slopes baffled us at times but we found a way at last to reach the peak of the spur above us there it was like a pavilion a rounded knoll carpeted with moss a ring of slender clean trunked trees and beyond that nothing nearer than the sea nine hundred feet below coming down we ran across a porcupine toiling up the slope we played with him a bit and finally let him climb a tree olson would have had us bring him home for dinner there said to taste good we cut with the saw a while in the afternoon rockwell drew and i made two more sketches one a good one the evening at sundown was more brilliant even than the day for such days as this we have come to alaska saturday october fifth a hard day full of little bits of work sawed up a tree alone to punish rockwell for not studying caulking the east side of the cabin the last side painted baked and built myself an arrangement out of doors to sketch in comfort i sit on the board with my pallet a box-end secured before me and my picture above it rockwell took his punishment so to heart that in the afternoon he read ten pages in his book all of to-day has been overcast but with a clean refreshing atmosphere in the account of anson's voyage around the horn it is remarked that fair weather in those latitudes rarely lasts it may be true of the same latitudes north monday october seventh yesterday i wrote nothing in the diary there was nothing to write but that it rained rain like hell olson's journal doubtless reads and ditto for to-day the storm is even harder now the wind strikes our cabin first from the west then north east and south the surface of the cove is seething under the cross squalls that is called the woolies a boat not strongly managed would be whipped round and round olson has been much in to see us lonely old man I drop my drawing while he is here and take to stretching canvas all the while yarning with him rockwell likes the calls as a diversion rockwell's good humour and contentment is without limit he draws with the deepest interest hours a day reads for a time and plays talking to himself we have good hearty fights together IN WHICH ROCKWELL ATTACKS ME WITH ALL HIS STRENGTH AND I HIT BACK WITH FORCE IN SELF-DEFENSE. WE HAVE A GOOD TIME WASHING DISHES, RACING, THE WASHER, MYSELF, TO BEAT THE dryer. ROCKWELL FALLS DOWN ONTO THE FLOOR IN THE MIDST OF THE RACE IN A FIT OF laughter. ROCKWELL'S HAPPINESS IS NOT COMPLETE UNTIL I SPANK HIM. I GRAB THE STRUGGLING CREATURE AND THROW HIM DOWN, TRYING TO HOLD BOTH HIS HANDS AND FEET TO HAVE FREE PLAY IN BEATING HIM this i do with some strength sometimes using a stick of kindling wood the more it hurts the better rockwell likes it up to a limit that we never reach so much for the day's play of our work mine is mostly over the drawing-table both yesterday and today, i made good drawings and my ideas come crowding along fast cooking somehow is the least troublesome of all the daily chores We live, as may be imagined, with a simplicity that would send a Hoover delegate flying from the door in dismay. This is our daily fare. Breakfast, invariably the same, oatmeal, cocoa, bread, and peanut butter. Dinner, beans, one of several kinds and several ways, or Fox Island corn souffle, or spaghetti, or peas or vegetable stew barley carrots onions potatoes and potatoes or rice and often prunes or apricots or apples dried supper invariably the same farina corn bread with peanut butter or marmalade tea for father milk for son and sometimes dessert stewed fruit chocolate or when olson gives it goat milk junket Let us here record that to this date we have had not the least little sickness, only glowing health and good spirits. Tuesday, October 8th. Rain! But what difference does it make to us? Everyone is in a good humor. The house is warm and dry. We've lots to eat and lots to do. Olson's dory was again half full of water, so we turned her and the skiff over. I stretched canvas and primed it and finished Anson's Voyage Around the World, a thrilling book. Late this afternoon it began to clear, the sun shone, and we were presently at work with the saw, only to be driven in again by the shower. I expect fair weather to-morrow, but— Wednesday, October 9th. Fair weather is still as far away as ever, unless a sharp but cloudy afternoon and sundown with brilliant light in the western sky spell change. Olson says the foxes will not eat tonight, and that this is invariably a sign of change to good days, that in bad weather they eat, and in fair they abstain. It poured in the morning, and we worked indoors after dinner we all moved a lumber pile that stood on the shore abreast of our cabin to a place nearer olson's this only to better our view of the water we sawed wood for a while and piled all that we have so far cut ready for winter use there are in all fifty sections of short stove wood that is a month and a half supply i painted towards evening and made two good sketches the nights have grown colder. For the past two days the mountains across from us, the nearest ones, have been covered with snow downwards to half their height. The farther ranges have for weeks been white. They're beautiful, and invite one to go climbing and sliding over their smooth white snowfields. Close to, one would find impassable crags and crevasses, a howling wind, and bitter cold. Rockwell today finished his second book, the cave dwellers midnight bulletin the stars are out brilliant in a cloudless sky thursday october tenth it's raining all day has been overcast but sharp and clear it was for us all a day of hard work We cleared up the woods between Olsen's cabin and ours, carrying one large pile of brush from our dooryard to the beach, and burning another huge one. That was a wild sight as night came. It had become a great fire of logs burning steadily and lighting up all the woods around. It is still burning in the pouring rain. We saw it a little, always more than keeping pace with our consumption of wood rockwell worked almost the whole day and went to bed tired i read to him an hour he loves to hear poetry we set an elaborate contrivance to catch a magpie and were humiliated by the bird who walked round and round the snare eyeing it wisely then suddenly rushed in only far enough to secure a piece of decoy bait and fled painted to-day making a good little sketch but on my first trial of the homemade canvas finding it to need more priming work work friday october eleventh this day we should have been in seward it was calm although it rained from time to time olson offered to tow us across to kane's head but the rain coming up as we were about to start in the morning we waited till afternoon started proceeded half a mile encountered engine trouble and finally, ignominiously, rode home, I pulling Olson and his motor, and Rockwell bringing in our own dory. If it had not been so late, we would have kept on. We have a magpie. I saw one hop into Olson's shed, quickly ran and closed the door, and there he was. Now he's in a box-trap cage set on a specially constructed shelf on our front gable. He's a garrulous creature and bites angrily, but he's a youngster and we hope to teach him to say all sorts of pretty things. Olson says they take naturally to swearing. So Rockwell has at last a pet. If only it will hold calm. Tonight it is fair and starlight, but we can never be sure of the weather's constancy. We hold everything in readiness to start in the morning. Saturday, October 12th a mild and lovely day on our island but in the bay a breeze from the north that would have made our rowing to seward difficult still we wait with our things assembled for the trip we shall go at the very first good chance this morning olson cleared the limbs from the trees about us to ten or twelve feet from the ground only the tall clean trunks are now between us and our mountains across the bay i painted most of the afternoon my canvas is still quite impossible rough and absorbent we built a large cage for the magpie he was so restless in his small one and now he's quite contented rockwell said to-day that he would like to live here always that when he was grown he'd come here with his many children and me if i was not dead and stay it is hard to write it is hard to work with the trip to seward at hand olson says it is sunday i think he's right somehow i've missed a day sunday october thirteenth i still keep to my chronology until we find out from seward where we stand a wonderfully beautiful day with a raging northwest wind i must sometime honor the northwest wind in a great picture as the embodiment of clean strong exuberant life the joy of every young thing bearing energy on its wings, and the will to triumph. How I remember at Monaghan on such a day, when it seemed that every living thing must emerge from its house or its hole or its nest, to breathe the clean air and exult in it! When men could stand on the hilltops and look far over the green sea and the distant land, and delight in the infinite detail of the view! discerning distant ships at sea and remote blue islands and over the land sparkling cities and such enchanting forests and pastures that the spirit leaped the intervening miles and with a new delight claimed the whole earth to the farthest mountains and beyond on such a day there crept from his hole an artist and shading his squinting eyes with his hand saluted the day with a groan how can one paint he said such sharpness here is no mystery no beauty and he crept back this fog lover to await for earth's sick spell to return this morning the magpie sang or recited poetry he made strange glad noises in his throat and that in a cage we worked the rest of us like mad at five thirty olson resting at last said well you've done a great day's work and after that i painted a sketch cut and trimmed three small spruce trees and then it being dark prepared supper but when do we go to seward my bag is packed olson begins each day by testing his motor the wind must moderate in time we see it pass our cove, driving the water as in a mill race. Today it swept the cove itself. Rockwell went for a walk in the woods. He has a delightful time on his rambles, discovering goat's wool on the bushes, following the paths of the porcupines to their holes, and today finding the porcupine himself. He always returns with some marvelous discovery or new enthusiasm over his explorations. He has been practicing writing to-day. He says that if he could only write, he would put down the wonderful stories of his dreams. These stories would run into volumes. Tuesday, October 15th Yesterday we left the island. The day was calm, though cloudy, and at times it rained. Olson towed us to Canehead. From there we made good time, Rockwell rowing like a seasoned oarsman, as indeed he has now a right to be called. We stopped at the camp where we had in August left our broken-down engine, and brought that away with us, as well as some turnips and half a dozen heads of beautiful lettuce grown on that spot. By night it was raining hard and blowing from the southeast. We spent the evening at the postmaster's house, playing, I on the flute to miss postmaster's accompaniment it went splendidly and until midnight we played beethoven bach haydn gluck tchaikovsky till it seemed like old times at home then rockwell with his eyes shut in sleep consumed a piece of apricot pie and a glass of milk and we came home bringing along two glasses of wild currant preserve i read my letters over and then went to bed but the storm raged by that time, and I couldn't sleep for worry about my boat. At last I rose and dressed, and went down to the shore. The dory was safely stranded, but too low down. So with great toil I worked her higher up the beach beyond high water. Today it has rained incessantly. I have bought a few odd supplies and registered for the draft. Above all, today the engine has resumed its running and will return to fox island under power i know nothing about an engine but i have 8 miles to learn in before the only hazardous part of the voyage begins tonight rockwell and i spent the evening at the house of a young man whom we've found congenial and who above all is a friend of a young german mechanic for whom i've a liking so the four of us sang the evening through seated before a great open fire the house is of logs, and stands out of the town on the border of the wilderness. There are spots like this little house and its hospitable hearth that show even the commercial desert of Seward to have its oases. And now we're in our room. Rockwell is asleep in bed. It is past midnight. I am thinking of dear friends at home, and I bid them affectionately good night. Thursday, October 17th yesterday in seward was about as every other day we spent it between letter writings in our hotel room and visiting from store to store it poured rain and blew from the southeast we spent our evening with the german we have planned with him to signal back and forth from seward particularly to send me the news of peace if i can distinguish with glasses a high-powered electric light that he will show from a house on the highest point in the town then by means of the morse code with which i am furnished and which he knows i'll receive messages on appointed days to-night rockwell and i went a quarter of a mile down our beach to a point that commands a view up the bay to seward and lighted a bonfire there Burhm the german was regarding us we presume through a telescope on sunday night if it is clear we are to look for his light The difficulty will be to distinguish it from others. We left Seward this morning at nine forty-five. Our dory, laden with about one thousand pounds of freight, including ourselves, the little three and one-half horsepower motor worked splendidly and carried us to the island in a little over two and a quarter hours. The day was calm to begin with, with a rising north wind as we crossed from Kane's Head. On the island, we found a visitor. There had been two other men, but they were gone to Seward the night before. All had been on Monday, forced by the rough sea to turn back from attempting to go around the western Cape. The old fellow who was still here told me tonight that in the twenty years that he had been in Alaska, he had never seen such weather. That's good news. At Seward, the mountains are covered with snow to within a few hundred feet of the town's level. I'm tired this ends to-day incidentally my dates proved to be correct when i reached seward oh i've almost forgotten our loss the poor magpie lay dead on the floor of his cage so we found him killed i believe by the storm for olson neglected to cover him rockwell who straight on landing had run over there wept bitterly but finally found some consolation in giving him a very decent burial and marking the spot with a wooden cross friday october eighteenth the night is beautiful beyond thought all the bay is flooded with moonlight and in that pale glow the snowy mountains appear whiter than snow itself the full moon is almost straight above us and shining through the tree-tops into our clearing makes the old stumps quite lovely with its quiet light. And the forest around us is as black as the abyss. Although it is nearly ten o'clock, Rockwell is still awake. It is his birthday, by our choice. His one present, a cheap child's edition of Wood's Natural History, illustrated, has filled his head with dreams of his beloved wild animals. I began to-night to teach him to sing. We tried Brahms' wiegenlied with little success, and then Schlafkindlein Schlaf, which went better. These songs and many other German songs, all with English words, are in the song-book I bought him. I hope I shall have the patience and the time to succeed with Rockwell in this. Three men are now with Olson in his cabin for the two who were gone to seward returned to-day they are younger men one of them emsweiler a well-known guide of this country i spent an interesting hour with them this evening olson told me to-day that his age is seventy-one the smell of fresh bread is in our cabin for i baked to-day baking wood cutting darning of socks putting the cabin in order and the building of a shelf these with the other usual chores were the whole day's work a profitless day lies on my conscience i shall draw a little and then go to bed saturday october 19th Today was raw and cloudy mild and sunny in the morning windy in the afternoon dead calm so that the hills were reflected in the bay the men have left i am glad to say not that they were in themselves at all objectionable but it somehow did violence to the quiet of this place to have others about emsweiler slaughtered one of the goats for olson so there's now one less of us here i felled a large tree to-day and later sharpened the cross-cut saw preparatory to cutting it up Tonight the sun set in the utmost splendor, and left in its wake blazing fire-red clouds in a sky of luminous green. Not many more days shall we see the sun. It sets now close to the southern headland of our cove. Rockwell works every day on his wild animal book. To obtain absolutely new and original names for his strange creatures, he has devised an interesting method. With eyes closed, he prints a name, or rather a group of miscellaneous letters. Naturally, the result he perceives on opening his eyes is astonishing. Sunday, October 20th. It has been a beautiful, clear, cold, violent northwest day. I've painted on and off all day with woodcutting between. One can't stop going in such weather, and out of doors you can't stand still, for it is too icy cold and windy. Rockwell and I have just now, eight o'clock, returned from down the beach, where we went to look for lights from Seward, but we could distinguish nothing meant for us. The moon has risen and illuminates the mountain tops, but we and all our cove are still in the deep shadow of the night. It is most dramatic. The spruces about us deepen the shadow to black, while above them the stone faces of the mountain glisten, and the sky has the brightness of a kind of day. Olsen brought us goat-chops for dinner. We could not have told them from Lamb. This afternoon a small powerboat appeared in the bay, attempting to make its way toward Seward. After some progress the wind forced her steadily and swiftly back when we last saw her she seemed to be trying to make the shelter of our island or one of the outer islands the while driving steadily seaward it's a wild night to be out in the bay though doubtless calm at sea it is such an adventure that we must be on our guard against as we look across the bay toward bear glacier which is hidden by a point of land we can see the effect of the north wind sweeping down the glacier a mist driving seaward—it is nothing less than the fine spray of that wind-swept water. Monday, October twenty-first. It is so late that I shall write only a little. Today was again wonderful—a true golden and blue northwest day. I have painted and sawed wood and built myself a splendid six-legged sawhorse. Olson thinks I have already cut my winter supply of wood but it seems to me far from it rockwell has been most of the day at his own animal book making some strange and beautiful birds this morning the ground was frozen with a hard crust it did not thaw throughout the day and again tonight it is very cold winter is at last upon us the long long winter and the sun retreats day by day farther toward the mountain I look to the sun's going with a kind of dread. We have seen nothing of the boat that last night was driven to shelter. We believe the men to be in the other cove of our island. End of chapter 3